Welcome to the Community Fellowship Podcast, your way to stay connected with biblically-themed messages, discussions, and interviews from Community Fellowship in East Bernard, Texas. Learn more about our church at the cfeb.church website, check us out on social media at CF East Bernard, or attend an in-person service at 635 Main Street in East Bernard. We are a local church that works to make the love of Christ for all humanity known to our community and the world. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this week's content. So glad to see you here this evening. Uh, This whole Sunday evening worship time has left uh, us wondering, okay, how is this going to turn out? Are we going to always have... Uh, good crowd, and I'd hey, you guys are here, so we've got a good crowd, right? And we're gonna worship, we're gonna uh, we're gonna learn from the Word of God, and we're gonna enjoy being with one another. We're going to go. Guess what book of the Bible we're in? <laughs> yeah, Mark. <laughs> we're gonna go to Mark, uh, but today instead of starting with the Scripture. Uh, we're going to actually go to Capernaum, all right? So, Debbie, let's put up that first slide of Capernaum. I know, can you turn the front lights down just a little bit? Because, Debbie, can you reach behind you and uh, dim the front lights a little bit? Maybe you might be able to see it a little better with them dim. I just love setting the stage, okay? So, this is, let's see, here we go. This is an artist's rendering of what Capernaum might have looked like in Jesus' day. Here's the Sea of Galilee in the background. We're kind of looking south down along the western edge of the Sea of Galilee. This right here would have been the synagogue. Uh, Peter's house would have been somewhere out in this area, kind of halfway between the synagogue and the shoreline. And you can't really see it very well, but along that shore, there are some boats. Some would have been fishing boats and some some freighters probably bringing commerce in and out. And that, uh, well, you might turn me down just a bit. I'm getting some feedback. Uh, Okay. Anyway, along that shoreline (laughs) is... uh, that would have been like Main Street. You don't think of a shoreline as being Main Street, but that's where the commerce of the city of, or town of Capernaum would have been taking place. All of the, this was a fishing community. The fishing boats would be coming and going from there. Uh, there would be, there were a couple of trade routes that intersected at Capernaum, some that went north, one that went south to Jerusalem, another one that went uh, get my directions right, uh, east over to, no, that would have been west, west over to the Mediterranean Sea. So there was a lot of commerce happening here at Capernaum, and it would have been centered along uh, that shoreline. We may skip the next slide. <laughs> the next slide, there it is, in the back if you want to look backwards. <laughs> It's actually the present-day picture of Capernaum. Is it just having to reboot, Timothy? Is that what it's... It's just done. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, okay, okay, we can eat the lights back on. We don't, we're not going to be able to use the slides. We don't need to have the have the dim lights. So, um, let's go to the past the scripture passage. That's just to kind of set the stage so you can picture in your mind where this is taking place. We're in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake, the lake being the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. Now, just so you know, Levi is Matthew. Matthew is Levi. Levi and Matthew are one and the same. When you, we read the same story over in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew calls himself Matthew. He doesn't call himself Levi. But it wasn't unusual these folks for these disciples to have multiple names. So, as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So, at this point in Jesus' ministry, let's recap just a little bit. Last Sunday, Jesus called out these same Pharisees, these law police, as I've been calling them, because they were thinking in their minds, this guy's a blasphemer, because he, had, he was presuming to forgive sin, which only God could do. So these same guys are already seeing him as a blasphemer. The previous Sunday, we looked at him, he was, he, he not previous Sundays, several Sundays before that, he healed a leper. He not only allowed the leper to come near to him, he reached out and touched the leper. Now, that makes him ceremonially unclean and unfit to enter the synagogue. So, he's got multiple strikes against him. He's really probably not welcome to go to the synagogue there in Capernaum anymore. So, he doesn't. He just heads down to Main Street, down to the shoreline. And the crowd follows him. And he just teaches them as they walk along. And as they're walking along, being that they are walking right through the main commerce along the shoreline there, which, by the way, the Sea of Galilee doesn't have a tide. Okay, so the water doesn't go up and down. It stays steady. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty steady state there to, to actually have, you know, piers and, and various things. And so... Matthew, Levi's tax booth is there along the shoreline, where it ought to be. That's where trade was taking place. He could see what's going on and tax people as they're coming and going. And Jesus says two words, 
as he passes by Levi. He says, follow me. We don't get a lot of detail from Mark, but Mark basically says he gets up and follows. Uh, now, I imagine Capernaum's a lot like East Bernard in size, as well as how fast news travels. You know, Jesus was not a stranger to Levi. He would have already known who he was, what he'd done, what he was capable of. He'd probably already in his mind and heart been thinking, how am I supposed to process Jesus? What, what, what do I do with this Jesus? Here I am, a tax collector. I'm, I'm, I'm rejected by my own people. I don't have a place, and yet Jesus seems to love and reach out to everybody, and then Jesus walks by. Follow me. He accepts a man who is rejected by his own people. He's rejected by society. He really doesn't have a place except with other sinners and tax collectors, right? So tax collectors in this time in Israel would have been considered some of the lowest of the low, right? They are putting a tax burden on the Jewish people that goes to the Roman government, which is the occupying force, keeping the Jews from having their own government and leading in the way that their religion would indicate that they should lead, with basically the priests, the priesthood being their government. They're not allowed to function in that way fully. They have some level of freedom to, to continue with their religion, but not in the form of government. So they're being taxed. Their money is taken by this, in this case, Matthew's of Jewish descent, presumably. Apparently his name indicates that. So he's a, he's a, he's, he's the worst of the worst because he's taxing his own people. And uh, taking that money, giving it to the Roman government so the Roman government can continue to dominate them. That's, you can understand why he would be an outcast, right? As an outcast, Though, as Jesus comes by and chooses to include him, come follow me, that would have been just groundbreaking for this, this fellow who didn't really have a place. So he does. He follows. Now, I suspect he keeps his distance maybe from the crowd because the crowd that's following Jesus probably doesn't think very highly of Levi. But we don't know a whole lot of details because Mark immediately jumps to Levi's house, and they're having a, I'm going to call it a banquet. Mark doesn't call it a banquet, but this same story over in Luke, Luke says, Levi throws a great banquet for Jesus. So, did this happen the same day? I'm thinking it probably doesn't happen the same day that Jesus calls him, Probably needed a little preparation to actually throw a great banquet. But that's neither here nor there. There's a great banquet thrown for Jesus by Levi. And who's present? It's Jesus, 
his disciples, and a pretty good-sized crowd of sinners and tax collectors. The tax collectors, I've already talked, are basically put in the same crowd as, as the truly base sinners. Now, we know that everybody's a sinner, right? But in the Jewish world, those who didn't follow the Jewish religion were particularly considered to be sinners. So those are Levi's friends. That's his circle, because those are the only people who are going to associate with him. And he's invited Jesus and his disciples, and they come. Surprise, surprise. Jesus sits down with the bad company, the bad crowd that nobody else wants to have anything to do with. Let's, uh, the temptation in this whole story is to dwell on the Pharisees and how wrong they are, but I think there's something really important that Levi is doing here that we need to dwell on. Levi has come to Jesus. He's chosen to follow Jesus, and he doesn't make it a secret. He doesn't keep it a secret. He wants to share Jesus with his circle of influence. So we find, you know, within days, maybe the next day after choosing to follow Jesus, he's so excited, he throws the banquet and invites basically probably everybody who, who is willing to come to his house, which are other people like himself, so they can meet Jesus too. Folks, how many of us do that? How many of us are that excited about Jesus, that we're inviting our circle of friends to come and learn about Jesus, whether it be in our homes or in a church. And I want to caution us, don't depend on the church to do the work. You are the church. It's your responsibility to share Jesus with folks. It's your responsibility to use your sphere of influence in a way to bring folks to Jesus. And that is precisely what this horrible, sinning tax collector does when he comes to Jesus. He chooses to share him with the folks who would hear. So, enter the law police. Are we coming up? It looks like we got a little bit of light in the it's beginning to, <laughs> to wake up. Okay. Uh, enter the law police, the Pharisees. Now, you can bet they did not actually come into Levi's house. That would not have been something they would do. So they likely stood just outside the door, looking in, pointing. Look what Jesus is doing. They, you know, they speak to some of Jesus' disciples. And, and what do they say? I was hoping it would be up here, but I will read it to you from my Bible. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? He's not, they're not addressing their question to Jesus. They're addressing their question to the disciples. Why does he eat with... They're trying to say to his disciples, 
don't follow him, he's going in the wrong direction. Can't you see that? I mean, this is proof. This party is proof of it. He's hanging out with the wrong crowd. Get adrift, you guys. And so, Jesus being Jesus, in his supernatural hearing, in his supernatural knowing, knows exactly what's going on, and responds from wherever he is, reclining at table, he responds. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. There's, oh good, because this is a really good time for this to come back up. <laughs> If you can find where I'm at, Debbie, I'm thinking I'm fixing to go into Romans uh, 3.23. If you just look at, but I tell you what, back up, if you could put up that verse that I just read, which is verse 17. Verse 17, because I want you guys to really see what's, what Jesus said. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. If you don't read into that a bit of facetiousness or sarcasm, you miss Jesus' point. Because Jesus is not saying there are some folks who are healthy and there are some folks who are righteous and they don't need me. Because that's what you could get from this statement if you didn't read it with the right tone. Because we know from the whole of Scripture, there are no righteous. There is no one righteous on this earth other than Jesus himself. So Jesus is really not telling the Pharisees, you don't need me. He's really kind of pointing out to them, that they don't know that they need him. That they don't recognize that they are in the group of sinners that need him. Let's go to Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone has sinned and fallen short. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah 64 verse 6, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We are shriveled up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. None of us can earn our way to heaven with our righteous acts. This actually <laughs> reminds me of a story that some of you might be familiar with. Does anybody remember the children's book titled The Emperor's Clothes? The Emperor's Clothes? <laughs> some of you are chuckling. Uh, the story is about a very proud, arrogant emperor who loved to show off his fancy clothes. He wore the best of best, spent, spent a ton of the kingdom's money on his clothes and these two shysters come to town who were, pretend to be weavers and they 
talk him into hiring him to weave them a special him a special uh, set of clothes. These shysters convince him that only dumb, ignorant people cannot see this special thread, this special cloth that they weave. And so they pretend to be making the emperor these fancy clothes, and then they pretend to dress the emperor in these fancy clothes, all the while the man's naked, right? And he's not willing to say that he's naked because he knows it's the, the dumb people can't see this thread, the ignorant people can't see this thread, and he doesn't want to reveal himself as dumb and ignorant. So he actually arranges a parade to show off his fancy clothes. <laughs> and he parades in front of the folks, and all the people are going along with this, okay? Because they're also ashamed that they can't see this thread that dumb, ignorant people can't see. And, uh, but then there's a child who, who, in a child's innocence, says, why isn't the emperor wearing any clothes? Why is he naked? Then everybody all of a sudden realizes he's naked. Folks, where, where I see this fitting in is even we, like the Pharisees, sometimes are so arrogant about our religion, about even about Christianity, we get it wrong. We think that, and I, I hope you're not one of these, but it, it, there's a sad, sadly large proportion of folks who call themselves Christians who still have this balance beam in their head where they're weighing good against bad and they think, you know, if, as long as I'm doing more good than bad, I'm going to heaven. And we as Christians know better than that, right? No matter how much, how little bad there is and how much good there is, the bad ultimately outweighs the good because it's only the righteous, those without sin who go to heaven. And you can only become that by putting on the garments that are soaked in the blood of Jesus. If you've got any other garment on, you might as well be naked like the emperor. We unfortunately think that we're wearing the right garments oftentimes, and we're really just as naked as the emperor was. So you've got kind of two ends of a spectrum represented in the story. You've got Levi on the one hand, who is considered by society and culture to be the lowest of the low, who upon coming to Jesus wants to share him with everybody. He is unashamed, unashamed. Uh, let's see. Debbie, I have a scripture for that. Let me see if I can find where that scripture is. I may have passed it up. I probably did. I think it's Mark 8.38. Can you put up Mark 8.38? There we go. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. We cannot afford to be ashamed. We cannot afford to be timid. If we truly believe in Jesus, we're not going to be timid about that. 
and we're not going to be ashamed of it. We're going to be like Levi on this end of the spectrum who wants to shout it from the mountaintops. Then there are Pharisees on the other end of the spectrum who think they've already arrived. They don't, they don't even think in terms of, of a righteousness that is acquired by knowing Jesus. They only think in terms of a righteousness that is about obeying a set of rules. A set of rules that for the most part were self-made by folks like themselves. Interesting tidbit. You know, one of the Ten Commandments is do not lie, right? Don't, don't uh, bear false witness, as it's written in some of the versions. Don't bear false witness. It's basically don't lie. In uh, Mishnah, because of their hatred for tax collectors, they actually say it's okay to lie if you're talking to a tax collector. <laughs> yes. Yes. So this is the set of rules that they, this man-made set of rules that they are very proud to live by. Misses the whole point of a relationship with God that is made possible through only Jesus. So as we close, I want you to think of those two ends of the... If you have questions about this week's message or would like to start a conversation with someone about what it means to walk with Christ, please email pastor at cfeb.church. You can find earlier episodes of our podcast on our website at cfeb.church, where you can also give online to help support community fellowship in our mission to reflect and share Christ's love. We can also be found on many major distribution platforms like Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to stay connected. Thank you again for listening. Now go out and love one another like Jesus did. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that you made it possible for us as sinners, for we truly are all sinners, you made it possible for us to put on those clothes that have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus so that when we stand before you on judgment day, you see us as righteous. You see us like you see Jesus. What a gift, Lord Jesus. What a gift, Lord. Motivate us to want to share that gift. Motivate us to be like Levi, Lord to want to throw a party to celebrate Jesus. Amen? Amen.